Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. All right, here we are. We're back on the floor of New York Comic Con in the belly of the pop culture beast. We're at the IDW Top Shelf booth, and I'm here with Carolyn Nowak to talk with her a little bit about her new book, Girl Town. Uh, so, Carolyn, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Thank you for interviewing me. Um, uh, so, look, I've, I, I've, I've read Girl Town. Uh, I love your drawing. I will tell you, I, I think I picked up another a mini comic of yours for a Silver Sprocket. Oh yeah, the porn one. It's well. Thank you for just saying it out in front because I, after I brought it up, I was like, now how are we no, going to describe erotica. it? Erotica. It is. Yeah. It's, it's hot, hot, hot. <laughs> <laughs> Make no mistake about it. So I can't remember the title of it, but uh, I really loved it. And, of course, I loved your drawing. Mm, thank um, you. And, uh, which carries over also in, uh, into this. Uh, <laughs> I see somebody I know. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the danger of being on the floor doing an interview. Yeah. But, uh, yes, right. Yes, stop. People are haranguing me. I'm being a professional here. Yeah. Um, as you can see, we have a free-form podcast. Yeah, this is my time. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Dirk Wood and Alex Crosper are, are yeah. harassing us. Um, anyway, I love that the mini comic. I don't know what the rim of the title. It's called. Of it. um, it's called No Better Words. Okay, yeah, and that's a good way to say it. Yeah. The words are not needed. Right, the exactly. pictures will do it all. It took me forever to think of that title. <laughs> uh, so but proud. we're here. We're going to talk about Girl Town. So, but first, uh, could you let our listeners know a little bit about your background? Um, and what you've done up to now? Um, I went to the University of Michigan Art School, um, and after I graduated, I worked in uh, medical illustration for a little while. Interesting. Um, then I quit that job because it was boring, and um, no, that's not true. I got laid off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that happens, too. I was like, wait, accuracy. Um, and then, um, I mean, my first big comics gig was working um, on Lumberjanes, actually. Oh, you worked on Lumberjanes? Oh, yeah, yeah, so... Well, that's um, not a bad place to kick off right no no kidding and i can't i i hadn't really done like a published comic before and like i'd done my own like sort of mini comics but um you know brooke uh brooklyn allen did the first eight issues uh-huh. and then there was um there was like a special issue and then i did the next three so i was like oh. the second main artist which was like extremely intimidating but also like an incredible opportunity um, and since then, I've, you know, done a bunch of, like, odd jobs. I did some Spongebob comics, which were okay. fantastic. Um, but, yeah, Girl Town is, like, my first, like, big published book that, you know, like, is going to be at, like, in bookstores without, like, me having to harass them and there selling you it, you know? Absolutely. Like, someone else does that. It's legit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's legit. You can buy it on Amazon.com. There you go. And, they, I mean, the stories seem to be done at different years. I know there are dates sort of at the ends or at the oh, sections. Oh, yeah. So I should, like, clarify that it's a collection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're like short stories. I, yeah, that's the they're way short I stories. See yeah. And they're, they're things that I've created over, like, the last, you know, like, five or six years. Mm-hmm. No, more like four years. Um, uh, but the the first one in the book is called Girl Town. Mm-hmm. And it's about um, astronauts who got kicked out of astronaut school for being too good looking. Um, and it was very... Hold on a second. I'm going to get to that. Oh, gonna I was going to... Gonna, that. That's yeah, okay. all right. I, I am. I, actually, I do want to go over a bunch of all right, stories. All right, all right, all right. But, so I don't mean to cut you off, but I I, did, I, I, I want you to talk kind of... Well, you'll get... I, I kind of want to get your reaction sort of uh, in a broader way, and then we're going to go back and talk about right. your, uh, some of the stories. But but the book itself overall, I just was really fascinated by it because it's very funny mm. in, a, in, a, in a very eccentric way... Uh, but uh, all of your portrayals, particularly with these relationships, you've got all kinds of relationships, girl-boy, girl-girl, 
Um, and, but there, and, and, and some of the storylines are very odd. They, yeah. People are saying really strange things. <laughs> but they all seem to be laid on this template or this, this network that's very real. Yeah. Every, I mean, the stranger the, 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 the things that they may be saying in these stories about their lives, it's plausible and real. Yeah. The kind of relations that you are depicting, if this makes any sense to you. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so they're eccentric and funny, but then there, there is this edge to them because yeah. as strange as this stuff sounds, I've, I've been in a situation or I recognize a situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and like that's, that's what I hope people get out of it where it's like, I may not be an astronaut who was kicked out of astronaut school for being too good looking, but like I relate to everything else that's happening here, you know? I mean, um, it's just like there are like these thoughts I have and I want to put them into fiction and I might as well just make all the other details as weird and fun as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I want, I want there to be fun, like lots and lots of fun and not necessarily it be funny, but like, if I'm gonna do a story about a sex robot that's secretly about like a fear of intimacy, there might as well be just like a cool wedding with a hot air balloon and stuff like yes, that. Yes, you know, yes. like it's it's a combination of um of, like things that I want to draw mm-hmm. and like jokes that I want to that, and, like you know. And these these were all self published at first, uh-huh. and so I could just do whatever I wanted, which was very exciting. And I'm grateful to Top Shelf that they were like, oh, actually, we also like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> well, I mean, and and and, it, and you you do cover all kinds of relationships, and I was saying girl, girl, and girl, girl, but it's like also buddy relationships. Oh yeah, yeah. Female relationships. And yeah, friends. yeah. Um, it's just um, I mean, this is sort of like going to sound like a little bit like buzzwordy or something, but it is very hard for me to find um, media that depicts uh, female friendship in a way that I feel like mm-hmm. um, that relates to me. Yeah. Um, and so. I don't know. It's it's not something it's not something I necessarily do on purpose. Like I never even knew that I was doing like female centric work. I'm doing air quotes. Um, <laughs> it was just like these are the friendships that I have. These are the kind of people that I know. These are the kind of thoughts that I have, and it just happens. They just happen to be all about like female friendship well, somehow. Let's jump to the stories that you just started out talking about. Girl oh Pat, yeah, and yeah. it's got it is. I uh, wasn't trying to elevator pitch you or anything. No, no, but, yeah. but it was, I'm not sure what tangent I was going off yeah. on there. Well, it's, it was a good tangent yeah. because I, you know, but I just sort of had this weird like interview structure in mind because mm-hmm. uh, I really wanted to get a, a broad sense of the stories, and I want to hone in on each one of okay. them or, or a couple of them anyway. But Girl Town, you started talking about it is very interesting, and it and it really is an interesting sort of. I mean, I call them girl gangs, but really they're these neighbors. And they're an interesting bunch. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny. Um, so the the story is about um, a, a house full of astronauts who got kicked out of astronaut school for being too good looking to yes, go to space. Yeah. And their next door neighbors are a bunch of lunch ladies. And they sort of have this like frenemy thing going on. But there's also like a little bit of a romance. Yes, um, yes. There's all kind of undercurrents going and, on here. And like I said, like it honestly, like when I wrote it, it just kind of like whatever random thing whatever random thought I had yeah, yeah. I just put it in there yeah, yeah. And then I would go back and kind of just like move things around like a puzzle and then I was like oh okay so this is what this story is about yeah, yeah. and it's honestly this is going to sound really um, conceited or something but whenever I make work I'm just like okay there's the thing I don't know what it means I hope people like it it might be trash um, but I actually went back and read Girl Town the short story for the first time in years huh? and I was like holy shit oh, really? I, 
this is what this is about. Like I, like I had all these like revelations that I didn't even like realize. Like there's all sorts of crap I put in there that I like didn't even intend to put in there. I don't know. Um, well, that's I'm telling you that's what the effect of these stories have because you can just recognize. Yeah. You can recognize social situations and psychological situations that are just so real yeah. that everybody has encountered, and you and you really don't expect that because, on the one hand, your drawings about the relations are really funny. Yeah, I mean they're really hilarious. Yeah, uh, and you're like very. Oh, sorry, we're yeah, yeah, we're doing an interview right now, so sorry about that. Um, so, but but that's the effect that you get, and you you get this sense of a deeper reality to all of this stuff. Yeah. Even though they're you know they're extreme and funny, and the relations between uh, these girls are like kind of fraught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just try to have fun. Well, you do. Because comics are hard. They're hard. It's a lot of work. And to do them as good as yours are really hard. So radishes. That really seems to be about about friendship. Yeah. But it's very, it's completely fantastic at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Stuff happens that you don't necessarily expect to happen. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't know what to say about Radish. Yeah. But you know what? Tell us about the plot. You can tell us okay, so about Radish the is, is about um, two best friends who go to a um, who skip school and go to the mall. Um, and, and what a mall! And it's it's just it's just got like a fantasy setting. And um, I mean, I think I kind of just I had just taken a workshop on fantasy world building with Sam Bosma. Do you know him? I know Sam. He does that great sports comic. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so I took I took a fantasy world building yeah. workshop with him, which was of course incredible. And I went home and I like wrote Rad just like right away. Um, and I just wanted to like implement the things that I had learned. Wow. And again, it just like it made it all the more fun. Yeah. Like I could have done two girls who go to the mall in real life, but like why? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, like it's... like I could make that fun too, but why not like have a have a scene where one of them is like being groomed by a magical tiger, yeah. like yeah. stuff like that. Um, yes, and she's not worried at all. She's not worried I at all. Back. Yeah, and uh, you there there's even a magical lunch. Yeah, box. there's magical lunch. Um, but the, but then the relations between the two of them seem so real, yeah. so girl-like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, in this fantastic setting, it's just just really charming. Yeah, thank you. Um, Diana's electric tongue. Now, this this is, <laughs> this is I, my view. This is kind of the masterpiece story. Yeah, it is actually. You know, um, not to brag or anything, but it was uh, it was a notable comic in uh, Best American Comics 2018. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because you know what? Because it's just that. It just, just out. came out. That's yeah, it. yeah. Well, it's a fabulous story. Yeah, and boy, it really has a range of issues. That underneath this completely bizarre yeah. uh, encounter. Yeah, I mean, um, I love. So it's a soft sci-fi story about a girl who buys a sex robot because she's mourning this like long-term relationship that she had, um, and it's like, uh, it's not like super plot-driven. They just like go to a wedding and like have conversations. Um, but I just love soft sci-fi, you know. Yeah. And like again, it's just like it's, I like it because there's more opportunities to have fun. Yeah. And I actually, when I was younger and much stupider, I thought like, I thought that like, the, you know how um, it's hard for science fiction and fantasy to be like considered literature, quote unquote. Yeah. Yes. Um, That's changed. I was like, I was like very, I like very much subscribed to that because mm-hmm. I just, I didn't know anything. Yeah. Um, and I thought that the difference was like writing, um, writing a story is more is like for some reason more difficult if you can't include fantastic elements or whatever like that was my idea I was like fantasy is too easy because you can do anything you want 
And then I grew up and stopped being an idiot. And I was like, wait a second. All stories are fake. Like, all fiction is fake anyways. Um, so you might as well just, like, have as much fun as you can. Yeah. And I, like, you know, I, like, want... I want people reading my stories to have fun. And if you can have, like, a soft sci-fi um, setting, there's all sorts of crap you can, like, put in the background or just kind of, like, yeah. drop in in little places oh, that are just, like, little jokes. Or, I don't know, I just like it to, like, be nice and rich and tasty well, and your fun. Your stories are certainly rich. I mean, I, if I sort of call this story uh, I boyfriend. Oh, because, yeah. I mean, and, and it's some of your stories, too. I mean, there is this sense of technology. Yeah. And this... A generational vibe, yeah. for want of a better way for it. Yeah. How people of a certain age respond to each other now. Yeah, yeah. That's a big seem to be a big part of the. No, it it absolutely is, and I mean, Girl Town. I just turned thirty this year, and Girl Town is like just. I feel so lucky to have like made this work, and the fact that it's all collected in a book is very surreal because it is just my twenties. Like the whole book, okay, it's just like completely. It's like they're all metaphors for things that happened to me or feelings that I had while I was in my 20s. And I'm so glad that I got to, like, publish this book and it's coming out the same year I turned 30. And so I'm like, here's this. Now I can move on. Yeah, like, I've got this. Marked it. Yeah, I like, you marked your journey. I, like, I, like, funneled it all into this, like, object that I can now, like, leave, not leave behind. Like, I still have to promote it and stuff. And I'm very, very proud of it. But I can still, like, like okay, now it's time to move on to different stories. And, and also, I think that story, this story in particular, the uh, Diane's Electric Tone, I mean, it does seem to be a catalog of either how you would hope men would respond to women, <laughs> uh, or, or a fantasy of how, I mean, I guess that's well, saying the same thing. I mean, like, that's, um, that's, that really wasn't, protocol? It's I not, don't know. <laughs> that's not so much, like, the, the point of the story was, like, not so much that. I mean, that's an interesting, like, I, I usually don't mean anything specific sure, by sure. any of my stories, sure. but... Um, like I just made Dinah's electric tongue and then I kind of figured out what everything meant later. So it's a lot about like, it's a lot about intimacy and it's not so much like, Oh, wouldn't a a robot boyfriend be better? It's more like, Oh, is Diana only capable of loving a robot boyfriend because real people are complicated and like messy and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really wrote it like the seed of the idea came to me because, um, I saw the movie Ex Machina and I really hated it. Oh, this, yeah, this is about the robot It's movie, got, it's yeah. got like a sexy lady. People love that movie, though. Yeah. Not that, you. Yeah, not, not me. It's got a lot of, like, sexy lady robots. Like, yeah. it's supposed to be about the nature of, like, um, uh, consciousness. But it's just, like, really fucky. Oh, sorry, I don't know if I can use the F word. You can. It's a fucky. Okay. It's all good. Okay, okay. It's just really fucky. It's just, yeah. like, they, they really sexualize the robot. And so, um, you know, in that, like, kind of tumblery way, I was like, but what if the robot was a boy? And then, again, I just, like, wrote a bunch of random crap based on that. And that's how the story became. Okay, yeah. well, it, it's, it's really a wonderful story. It's all, I, mean, I don't know. And it's one of those kind of stories that you can really, I mean, your stories are funny, yeah. but you can reread them over and over again. And, even I can do that. And they, well, and they just seem to get Ooh, yeah, deeper, really even though they're very funny. Oh, thank so, you. That, so, anyway, so, and, look, we're gonna, we've only got a few more minutes okay. here. Uh, I'm curious about Burning House, because that's another one that sort of uses, it seems to me, the kind of podcast technology to kind of illuminate a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, it, it's overwhelmingly conversation. Yeah. But the, the background of it is this yeah. weird movie that they're talking yeah. about. Um, so the Big Burning House is about two girls who have a podcast about a movie 
that like aired on TV one time and has never been seen again. And I, I, um, I wrote it for Critical Chips, which is Zainab Akhtar's uh, critical uh, like comics magazine. And um, I wrote it because I had just done a podcast with my best friend um, called uh, uh, Cherry Coke Zero. It was about the young pope, the HBO show. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And yes my wife was like... <laughs> watching it. This yeah. is how I know about it. And it my wife watches it. It was, um, or did watch it. This was a person I'd been friends with for like 10 years, and I feel like I learned so much about her just by doing this podcast. Yeah, like, all of a sudden, because you like, you have this like scheduled time to t- talk and reflect on. Like, we did it just because like we thought it was funny that they had a sexy pope. Yes. You know, we're like, <laughs> we both like love Jude Law, and like, yeah. we're like, ha, how funny is it that we like both want to have sex with the pope? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> like, that was the whole basis of the podcast, but we would like get into these conversations. And not, not like real, like deep things, but like, it was just, it like it enriched our friendship in this way. And sure. so, um, the Big Burning House is like very much based on that. And also, I had a lot of fun with that one because I love to make fake, like fictional art. Uh-huh. Like I'm such a big fan of fictional art because, um, you know, art in real life, you can like have a concept for a piece of art and not have any resources to create it but if you're making a fictional piece of art you can do anything you want you can also you can completely control the outcome of the creative endeavor and you can completely control the reaction to it because it's all fake Um, and so that's really really fun to me Um, so I got to like make a fake IMDB page I love IMDB I'm like always on there Um, and I got to make like a fake Reddit and like you know, I got to make this whole fandom around this like fake movie, and it was World just building there. it was so home. fun. It was yeah. so fun. It was fun, and it was incredibly tedious because I had to like copy every font. I like yeah, you and know. you really did too. I mean, you really yeah. copied the, the yeah. The, I was like the interfaces very, of all of these yes, different platforms. I was very yeah. very persnickety about it. Uh, but it's, it, it's a mystifying story, but it's sort of uh, it's sort of obsessive because they're obsessive. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. You keep following their really, opinions it, about this obscure movie. It's really just about friendship and fandom, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and like the importance that fandom can have, you know. So um, very quickly, I do want to thank you about your drawing. It's really the drawing is really phenomenal, dynamic. It's very cartoony. But you, you, it seems like you could do whatever you want. You can get really detailed and precise or really loosey-goosey and comic. It just depends on how much time I have. Uh, yeah, yeah. It really so. does. Like, Diana's Electric Tongue is very, like, bubbly and loose and more cartoony, but it's just because I, like, do that whole book in, like, two months. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. and I was moving at the same time, and, <laughs> like, it really depends on how much time it has. Like, um, I think probably The Big Burning House is the one that has, like, the tightest art and like the most detailed most art crammed into this uh, right and like place. that's that's really just because i had the most time to do it it's yeah, only yeah. eight pages long and so like i got to like luxuriate on every single drawing which was a super big pleasure for me but are there any influences you would like to cite for the vis- your visual side for visual um some artists that just oh, curious um i mean the it's not a straight line from her, but Becca Tobin, I'm a big fan of. She does a lot of, like, blobby drawings, and, like, there's just a lot of, like, freedom that I respect. Um, and, oh, God, I always get this question. I can never remember people. Who has influenced me? I mean, Sam Bosma, obviously. Like, if you read Radishes, I mean, when I first printed Radishes, I took his, um, The Hanging Tower, which was a mini-comic he did, and it was printed on, um, on like off-white paper I brought it to the local print shop and I was like I just want to do this okay. <laughs> um, and so when I I've told this story so many times uh, but 
the first time I saw him after I had printed the comic, I gave him a copy, and I was like, sorry, I just copied you. <laughs> and he was eating a sandwich, and he shrugged, and he said, I can't make all the comics. Yeah. <laughs> he's, it was so nice. Um, so he's got, he's been well, a big I love his books. I don't know him that well. I think I met he's him a, once. He's a fantastic man. That, that, that comic series happens, really. It's, uh, oh, it's so, so good. He's just a very, like, really fun. he's so talented and thoughtful and, like, really responsible, all right. uh, which I think is really nice. Um well, you know what? I think we can say the same thing about you. Yeah, I mean, thank you. there's issues in your stuff, but you have, but it's pretty clear you're having a really good time. I am. So look, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, and, and it's also been really great to talk to you. So, uh, Carolyn, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Thank you for interviewing me. This was fun. All right, great, and good luck on the book. Thank you. Excellent. Yes. I think. <laughs> you know what? Okay, Heidi McDonald back. Uh, back at Comic-Con, I guess, still here. Um, okay, I'm here with Joe Casey and Ben Mara, Benjamin Mara. They are the creators of Jesus Free, which we're calling Rock'em Sock'em Jesus, right? Is that the, uh, the proper logline for that, you guys? It is now. It is now. Uh, that's, the, uh, that's the abbreviated elevator pitch. Yeah. Right. Okay. So tell, tell me about Jesus Freak. It's coming out from Image. When is it coming out? It is coming out from Image. We live in divisive times, Heidi. Divisive times. I'm very sad. The North remembers. Yeah, that's right. But God damn, we still live in a country where Ben and I can own Jesus as an IP and put him on lunchboxes, uh, bed sheets, t-shirts. It's a whole thing. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what was your question? I don't know. What's Jesus freak about? No, it, it is. It's a, it is. A, is it a retelling of Jesus? Uh, no, it's not a retelling. We, there's a there's a period of. of uh, Jesus' life, even the historical Jesus, that is fairly undocumented. Right. Um, and that's the period we're dealing with. The, ah. kind of, the kind of middle years, the kind of, uh, you know, mutant discovering their powers years. You know? ah. Except there's, in this case, there's no Professor X to come take him to a nice school. That's pretty convenient that the writers of the Bible left a place where you could insert new continuity. That's great. It's the, it's the ultimate retcon. <laughs> Uh, well, that sounds uh, intriguing. It says zealotry, immersion therapy, and salvation. All right. Uh, ben, how did you get aboard this project? Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> well, boy. Joe had reached out to me to collaborate on a Captain Victory project that he did for Dynamite um, several years ago. And uh, we did a short, um, like, four or five-page, six-page story. Um, that was sort of like inserted within his grander narrative with that project and uh, we were just like looking for a reason to collaborate again and Joe had this idea so we were talking about it at San Diego Comic Con like three years ago like four years, years, oh, years wow. ago yeah okay. and then in between that time I like finished a bunch of other books and cleared my schedule and then we was finally able to focus on this and it was um it was a lot of fun yeah we've been, but we've been working on it for a really long time right, it's really kind of right. it's pretty funny well, i don't know if you know this idea i have great taste in artistic collaborations. <laughs> well i was going to say you do that's a fact but you also uh you know you know how to find them also in the like-minded temperament that's right yeah. um and who's right for the project but actually uh, I mean that's very important. It's casting, you know, it's, that's it's right. like it, I, I think of it as casting, like getting an artist who is, um, you know, proper for the mood. Uh, you know, Neil Gaiman has said he, back in the day, he would never write a comic story without knowing who uh, was going to draw it because that influenced how he wrote it. Uh, do you have any kind of a similar? Feeling? Of course, yeah. 
uh, this wouldn't exist without Ben drawing it. And when the book comes out, I think people will obviously see our shared influences in full bloom. Um, it, it will be no secret once you actually see the final product, what, what this is supposed to be and where we were coming from to do it. Yeah, well, uh, you know, for those who might not know, um, Joe is the creator of Officer Down, which was a, uh, a uh, I don't know what the word for it, indie film, very indie film that was quite pulp, is that the right word? Uh, Horrific? Pulp horror? I don't know. It just was its own thing. Yeah. Don't talk like you've seen the movie, Heidi. Well, I haven't. I haven't. But I've seen clips. I've seen the trailer. All right. You know? And, of course, Ben is the creator of, uh, what is it, Night? Night Business. Night Business. Yes. Uh, what it was, which was uh, given, like, what was it, the new... It was called the new. You were lumped in with some other cartoonists. Oh yeah, what was the that called? The new violence or the new pulp or something. <laughs> the new violence. Yeah, <laughs> it was something like that. It was like I don't know. I can't remember what that whole like team was was called. But you were part of a little mini scene for a very short. Yeah, while. it was true. Yeah, yeah. We were just basically doing like an indie take on genre, which was uh, you know we were all nobody ever like talked about it like all of a sudden everybody was yeah. or there's like a small group of us that were sort of like applying genre who else was in this group like Jim Rugg oh, and okay. Cioli yeah. And, yeah yeah the usual suspects yeah. you've also worked with you were I've worked with all these guys yeah, right, yeah exactly so, so I actually think Joe was part of this all along yeah. I think he was actually part of the movement and didn't know it. I was just pulling the strings, yeah. invisible strings. Well, he was and, probably doing yeah. the movement before even any of us like were even making comics, you know? Right, right, right. Yes, so. I'm that old. Well, <laughs> <laughs> your career is that old. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, snap. Well, well, Joe, when you're not, when you're not uh, doing the book for uh, bed, I mean, for Image, you have quite a, you have many projects at Image. Image is kind of your home base for yeah. comics projects these days, correct? Correct. Uh, Very but, much so. But you also have Man of Action. Yeah. Your, uh, oh, what do you call Lion that? Forge. Oh, that's right, Lion Forge. That's right. Yes. Are you still doing stuff for Lion Forge? I am. Oh, I am. Right. So are you, I guess. That's right. Well, I don't work for Lion Forge. I work for a sister company of Lion Forge. So oh, nice. Full disclosure, syndicated comics. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but was Man of Action, which is kind of a collective of creators and, uh, you know, best known uh, for creating um, Big Hero 6. Uh, and but Ben 10. And Ben 10. Yes, you're right. I should say Ben 10. Uh, so, yeah, what, uh, what are you doing uh, with the Man of Action these days? Well, we're still doing the Ben 10 show, the new version. We're doing the Mega Man. We have Zack Storm on Netflix. We have uh, Bakugan, uh, which I don't know when that's going to come on, but I think it's going to be on Cartoon Network. Um, and some other things that we can't talk about yet, but... It's, you know, it, it's become the day job. Right, this, right. This TV production schedule, but it doesn't right. let up. Well, it sounds like you're very busy. So, uh, well, good. This is a quick chat with these guys. We're starting by the Marvel booth, and they're making pancakes and cooking, and it's quite... So you eat the universe. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen by a major Disney subsidiary. So, uh, Joe, are there any other booths that you want to criticize? No, just the, just the Marvel booth. <laughs> All right. Well, Ben and Joe, thank you very much for taking time to chat with us here. Sure. Thank you. All right.